0: Some days are terrible, you wish that you were dead And some days are magical, like grape banana bread Someday we'll be
1: friends with the voices in our heads The voices in our heads Oh man, you didn't kill yourself Congratulations and welcome to The Voices in Our Heads I'm your girl, Christina Marie Hutchinson Oh, my God. I'm feeling too much. I'm feeling too much. Don't like it, but I feel it. Hey, I'm doing a couple shows if you're in New York City this month. This month being March, so this coming month. Um, Two shows that I want to promote. is One is Saturday, March 7th. Wendy Starling and I co-host Glamour Puss at Zinc Bar in the West Village. And then the second one is Thursday, March 19th. Justin Silver and I co-host We're Not Banging at the stand and you should totally come okay can you come though Ugh, I'm so sick of I'm so sick of myself (laughs) I think oh is Tony vacuuming he always vacuums when I go to record can you hear it I don't know if you can but if you can you know what fuck it that's life it's New York City this is sex in the city but real and I'm not having any sex which is why I want to get a male sex doll I really want to buy one. I don't know how to get one. Did I look it up on the internet? No, but I can. I'm not asking you for help. I'm just talking out loud here. The vacuuming is very distracting, but that's okay. That's all right. I'm going to talk through it. I was going to do some fuckboy theater, but perhaps I'll wait. (sighs) And you know what it is? It's like I, I, you know, okay, here's what I'm feeling right now, which is not the truth of the situation. This is how I fuck shit up in my head, guys. This is how I piss myself off. Okay, tell me if you can relate to this. It's like, I feel like, even though this is not true, he's doing that on purpose to piss me off. (laughs) It's just not the case. He doesn't know I'm home. And he doesn't give a shit because vacuuming the hallways is part of his job. And he's doing his job. He's crossing things off of his list. And here I am in my home talking to you on your spreadsheets, yeah, your computer desk, with the treadmill, or in your car, or whatever. Are you going for a walk with your kids? Take the headphones out. Pay attention to your kids. You know what I mean? They'll they'll need it. Trust me. You want to you want to raise a child to grow into an adult like me? Okay, ignore them half the time. <laughs> Take them to a flea market. Make them sell shit while you sit in a van. No, but I it's it's like that's why it gets under my skin. But like you can like change your day around by like changing the way you think about things. So I'm gonna choose to think about tony vacuuming in a way that doesn't piss me off so he's he's just a a great man love tony he's doing his job vacuuming in the hallway and hey i love vacuuming i love a little too much i put my dyson vacuum cleaner through a lot it has cleaned up a lot of things that maybe it shouldn't have (laughs) i'm talking about jizz i'm just i'm not Vacuum can't get jizz. Come on. Anyway, he's still vacuuming, and I still hear it, and I don't know if you can hear it or not, but boy, I hear it. Wait, let me just, this shit's portable. Let me take you on over. Let me take you over to my front door. Let's see if we can hear it vacuuming, just so you can hear what I hear. Watch him stop as I fucking get to the door. Yeah, so you fucking hear that, right? Oh, my God the people on my building were working on the elevators and they were waking me up at seven in the goddamn morning for a lot of the days and you know I they're they I now I am in such a blackout rage when I get woken up early in the morning before I should get woken up like before my alarm goes off like if someone's talking or if someone's Just being a fuck face outside of my door, which has been happening with this new elevator installation bullshit. I live on the first floor. I don't need the elevator, okay? Make everybody walk. We can all use the extra steps on our Fitbit. But they insist. It's an elevator building. You gotta have a working elevator. Oh my God, so picky. But uh, yeah, I woke up a couple days in the past few weeks in a blackout rage of shut
0: the fuck
1: up. And so now they talk about me. I hear them talk like I'll do that, and then I'll close my door. I can hear every little every little word they say, every little step they take, every little move they make, every little fart that comes out of their asshole. I can hear it because these walls are thin. okay, but I've been so mean to them they didn't deserve it. Oh see, someone's injured again. <laughs> There's a lot of sounds going on guys. Oh. <laughs> I don't know if you just heard that, but the siren went, it, like it quit halfway through. But because I, I exited my downstairs apartment space with such fury in my eyes and in my voice and in my body, and I screamed at them, I don't really remember what I say. Because when I get woken up early in the morning, I uh I go back to bed and I just forget it happened. It's like a dream. And... Now they talk about me on the other side of the door. And then when I leave my apartment, because they work downstairs and they work upstairs. Well, I have doors b- on both floors. So if I got to go take the trash out, like I'm downstairs by the, by the fucking trash compactor. And then if I got to leave my apartment, I got to leave from the upstairs. But they're bo- both upstairs and downstairs because I guess the elevator mechanics are downstairs and then the first floor is upstairs. It's just like, and again, just like Tony vacuuming, doing his goddamn job, I'm acting as if they're doing it solely to piss me off and wake me up and ruin my day. It's not the case, you know? Like if, if, if you have a roommate and you're like, hey, like do the dishes or whatever, and then they don't, they didn't really, they didn't, unless you're a huge twat, if your roommate leaves the sink filled with dishes, it, the, uh, they didn't do that so that you would get pissed at them. They're either busy or they're forgetful. And that's just the way it is. Tony, this vacuuming, really, oh, he's doing his job. He's doing his job. He's doing his job. He's not trying to piss you off, Christina. Okay, I guess that's true. It is. So anyway, these elevated people have been really busting my balls on the other side of my door. And I could hear every little word they say. And then I left the apartment the other day. And I just stared at them. I I walked out of my front door. I stopped stoically like Robin Wright in anything she's in. And I just stared at them for about, wait, ready? This is me and I'm stopping. That's how long I stared at them. I just gave them a look. I just looked them in the eye and I, I gave one of those little like, okay, I hear you, motherfucker. I hear you, motherfucker. And then I left. But no, actually what I did was I didn't go out the door because when I leave the door of the building, I'm beyond the point of them seeing me, okay? So I opened the door, and I closed it, and I stayed inside because I knew they were going to talk about me. Did they talk about you, Christina? Yes, they did. This guy's like, I just don't know what her problem is. And I wanted so badly to come up with a quip, you know, come up with, it's my job. I'm a funny for a living. I roast people sometimes. Not good at it, but I do. And and I wanted to come up with something so funny. <sighs> But I, got, I had nothing. I was like, I'm either going to be mad or funny. And I don't have funny in me right now. And it's not worth it being mad. I've already been mad at these people for so long. And they're just, again, they're just trying to do their job. Just trying to do some their job. Okay, you know what? Let's do some fuckboy theater. Okay, we're going to read some two, two fuckboy theater conversations. And I'm going to... As a palate cleanser, I'm going to read a poem afterwards by a poet. Just so that we can, you know, it's like the, the mango sorbet after the trout you just ate. Okay, these, I'm going to read two separate conversations. Um, this is a conversation between a girl and a fuckboy. The fuckboy, we'll call him Jim, because that's his name. <laughs> hey. You busy? I have too much food to cook and need an eating partner. I just got my $5,000 air jet bath installed and hooked up. I need company. No pressure. I don't want sex or anything. Just help eating food and good conversation. Wow, that's a hell of an introduction. Do I know you? I don't know, but if I don't know you, I would like to. No pressure. Crying laughing face emoji. Okay. Just a little fun and a free massage. I just spent $5,000 on an air jet bath. I'm dead serious. I am a gentleman. If I like you, I may try to let you know. But don't want just sex or something dumb. I'm a boiler maker out of a local place in Illinois, and I'm not gonna say the name of it. I make great money and I'm a landlord. I own thirteen houses and they pay for this house I'm going to have two hundred and thirty five thousand dollars with five acres and a decent pond. Okay, I I appreciate the offer, but I'm just I'm just gonna pass. No hard feelings, just not interested in anything right now. Me either, just company. All I do is work. I run 63 rental houses and am building this one myself. It's not all that fun. I don't want sex or commitments. I want someone to feed and have fun with. Run 63 rentals and work more than a full-time job. 23 are mine. My whole family does rental houses. I'm a welder. Dude, are you high? I'm not interested. And scene. That's a wrap on Fuckboy One Conversation. Oh, let's go to another one. Oh, you think there's more people out there that'll make you sad about being single? Well, here's another another one. Or happy that you don't, or happy to be in a relationship, or happy that you're alone and you don't have to talk to this guy named Adam. (sighs) Sorry, let me just get in the zone. Okay, I'm in the zone. Tell me something. Oh, Amor, you are absolutely stunning, baby girl. You wouldn't like me I'm a bad influence on you. Crying laughing face emoji. Intriguing. How so? I just don't want to lead you on to anything and hurt your feelings. Or I might say something too honest that might not rub you the right way. Shrug emoji. Wink emoji. Hot. So, are you telling me I shouldn't have swiped, right? How can you be so sure that what you would say will rub me the wrong way? You want me to be honest? I want to know what it'll take for me to nut fast as fuck deep inside you, baby girl. Hmm. Probably just dinner. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much, thank you, thank you very much, I appreciate it, thank you guys, guys, stop it, no, it's not, hey, it's a team effort, it's a team effort, it's a team effort, it takes a village. Mm-hmm. Now here's a poem, this poem speaks to me, because I'm a, because I'm a Pisces ass bitch, and I feel too much, and that's how I'm feeling currently, I'm exhausted from feeling, God. It's by a poet named Rupi Kaur. I think that's how you say her last name, but it might not be. R U P I is how you spell the first name. I would say Rupi is a pretty fair guess. The last name is spelled K A U R. Kaur, K-Kaur? Kaur, Core? Uh huh. But I hope one of them was right. Anyway, this is a poem that's currently speaking to me. This is the palate cleanser to Fuckboy Theater. <clears throat> I don't know what living a balanced life feels like. When I'm sad, I don't cry, I pour. When I'm happy, I don't smile, I glow. When I'm angry, I don't yell, I burn. The good thing about feeling in extremes is when I love, I give them wings. But perhaps that isn't such a good thing because they always tend to leave and you should see me when my heart is broken. I don't grieve, I shatter. I fucking, yeah, you know? Ugh, Christ. Feeling is so hard. And that's why I say, kudos to you guys for not killing yourselves. You know, it's just, when your brain won't shut off, I don't know, and it's like, it's, to, it's beyond the point of, oh, someone's injured again. Big whoop. It's beyond the point of, of smoking weed or drinking because that only intensifies my feelings. You know what I got to do? I got to start doing VR, virtual reality more. Or maybe reading a book. I don't know. I'm, I'm. I got so many fucking activities in my apartment, and I think that was a bad choice. I think it was a mistake to do that because then it's it makes it a lot easier to isolate myself, which I love doing. Which is weird because I love people. It's I can't. This is how my week's been, guys. I've just been arguing myself. Birthday party was really fun. It was really fun it man it was so fun it was really cool to have so many people that I adore in one room because all I really wanted was I wanted a cool place for people I love to have a good time and feel great and that's what happened it was really fun I don't think I'll ever have a birthday party for myself ever again I am done boy am I done but that was wonderful it was a great way to go out and I know me killing myself but I mean an end to my birthday parties it's just, it's lost its romance and fun for me. But but this last one, this my 32nd birthday was so much fucking fun. And, and people, I forget, part of me was like, oh my God, people bring presents to adult birthday parties. And then the other part of me was like, oh my God, adults throw themselves birthday parties. So, you know, touche, touche. Um, but I got a lot of presents from people and they're really sweet. My one friend Ryan gave me a bag filled with cosmic brownies, which if you haven't had one, it's like cocaine so I don't know if it's good to encourage you to eat a cosmic brownie but Jesus Christ freeze a cosmic brownie and then eat it and you'll know what it feels like to come in your mouth not someone else coming in your mouth your mouth is coming if you eat a cosmic brownie I'm not a sweets person because sweets upset my stomach do cosmic brownies upset my stomach you goddamn right they do do I still eat them you goddamn right I do I do I still eat them because they're so good it's a mouth orgasm. Mm.
0: Mm-mm. Mm.
1: Yum. Yum, yum. Stomachache. But anyway, so, you know, I was saying earlier about how I'll get up in the in the morning, like in a blackout rage, and tell the people working on the elevator to shut the fuck up when they're like three feet away from me. I'll yell at the top of my lungs. I also do this thing where I'll wake up after a nap or in the middle of the night and just I'll wake up, I'll dart out of bed. This is what I've been doing this past couple of days, because I've had all these cosmic brownies. I have cosmic brownies in my pantry, cosmic brownies in my freezer, and cosmic brownies in my refrigerator. Just cause so I'm like, well, I got so many of them. Might as well run a little experiment. Which temperature is the best one? I haven't heated one yet. But methinks with all those fake ass ingredients, they'll just turn to plastic. I don't know. But I I've been getting up a lot lately in the middle of the night, and I barely remember this, but I remember it enough. And and I just go to one of the three places that I keep these cosmic brownies and I shove one down my throat. And then I wake up and I feel like, oh, did I do something bad? Like Corinne and I've talked about phantom dick. Like you're like, did I have sex last night? I don't know if I did. You know, this is more if you're in your 20s. I feel like when you're in your 30s, you're like, did I eat a cosmic brownie in the middle of the night? When you're 20s, you're more like, hey, was I getting dick down? Shit, I think I was. Um... Not in a rapey way, in a consensual way, but sometimes, you know, you forget if it went in. Not because it's tiny, but because you were tripping or you were drunk. Having sex present is probably a better choice for me. Anyway, yeah, I've been eating these cosmic brownies in the middle of the night. as It was a birthday present. Thanks, Ryan. I mean, I'm gonna, I guess I gotta throw them out. What do you do? Offer them up to people who come over? Maybe that, maybe I'll do that. Maybe I'll do that. But oh my God. And then the short film I worked on, the director and the, the, all the people who made it, they came to the party and they gave me this photo book of all these beautiful production stills from the movie and I cried. Oh, it was such a beautiful gift and so thoughtful. Man, it is so important to be thoughtful gift giver. Like those fucking, that bag of cosmic brownies. I was like, oh, Ryan, he knows I love cosmic brownies. That's just so nice. You don't have to spend a lot of money. You just have to put thought into shit. You know, we live in a world where everything's like so fast. And we like everything like so fast. And, like it's like fast pace and like hurry up and like you slow fuck. And it's like slow down for a second and take a second to think. Oh, I just saw the book I wanted to read last year or last episode. See, my mind is all over the place. I'm gonna get it in a second. It's probably embarrassing. That's why I wanted to read it. So the birthday party was really fun. Thanks everybody who came. I loved it. I will say though, I guess I went through this crash afterwards. I did do some drugs I drank I didn't drink that much because when I'm hosting something I get a little like I want to be present but I smoked a I smoked a little bit of weed throughout the evening and I took enough micro doses of mushrooms that I feel like I fully fully dosed um (laughs) and then I put a little bit of cocaine powder on my gums but I only did that once I did that once maybe twice and it wasn't a lot because cocaine I'm like eh, but when it's around I'm like yeah don't think it was because of the drugs but that is a that is a large cocktail of 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 substances i will say but my a friend of mine slept over and i was just kind of i don't know i was just sad i was sad about a couple things that are going on in my life that i don't that well one of them i did talk about my mom's health i'm just sad about i'm really sad about that and um that just hit me and then i think it was just like this fun really fun party in this beautiful hotel room, and then just the room was trashed in an adult party way. There was just shit everywhere. And then, you know, I bought all these fucking celebrity cardboard cutouts. I'm not going to take them home. I'm going to leave them there. But there's nothing that makes me sad like a mess, even if it was one that was intended to be had. I don't know. It just made me sad, and then everyone was gone, and my friend was like, hey, let's uh," – see I'm improving I'm not coughing in the mic you're welcome let's like put music I was like four in the morning let's put music on maybe it was five or six we'll put music on and we'll clean up and we'll pack and we'll go home and sleep and I was like oh, okay at first I was like I can't do that and then was, and then two seconds later I was like no let's do that and I don't know why but I was just crying and cleaning up and packing and I was so sad the next day really sad and I and I I mean, I kind of know why, but even when I'm sad about things, circumstances, like my mom's health, for example, that that was something I was really sad about that. But I just felt this like depression cloud come over me really intense. And I wasn't PMS. It was just weird timing. So it could have been the drugs. It could have been like this big party. It could have been like circumstances in my life. It's actually a lot of factors that that would have maybe they just all combined and formed, you know, when like the transformers are like, hey, let's like work together. And then we're like this big big guy that like can punch everybody it's like that it was like that but for sad thoughts I got face fucked by my sad thoughts I said that today in an interview for a thing I'm doing a docu-series about comedians writing songs and uh, and I said I got face fucked by my own sadness and I was like you know what that's a good line I'm gonna repeat that in my podcast <laughs> but I had a really good time I did fall asleep in my contacts because we went, my friend and I cleaned up, he helped me clean up. And then my brother, who I love, oh God, I love my brother. He has a new girlfriend who is so sweet and kind and wonderful. And he asked me like, hey, if we're coming on Wednesday, can we stay till Sunday? And my brother is one of the only people on the planet that just doesn't annoy me. It's it is, He is the least annoying person in my life. Like I, I've been annoyed. I can get annoyed very easily, and um, which I don't like but it is what it is. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not trying to like criticize myself. And he's just one of the few people on this planet that just don't really annoy me. I really love him. He's one of the only people who understands what I've been through. And he was so differently affected. But he's, the way I reacted to my parents and the way he reacted to my parents could not be more opposite. It's so funny. So it's nice to have an example of somebody who was raised by the same people who's like, okay, you know, he's okay. And his new girlfriend, so sweet. They came to the party. I was like, yes, oh my God, DJ, stay. Stay at my place until Sunday. You're like the only house guest that doesn't annoy me. Like, I love you so much. And and I meant it. I really did. But that next day when I was depressed, oh my God, the last thing I wanted to do was be near anybody. And then they're so in love. They're like so in love. They're only a couple months into dating. They really, it seems like they really get each other and respect each other. And I don't know, I get a good vibe from them. She's so beautiful. It just, I. he deserves all the happiness in the world and I'm so happy but boy did I not want to see that just it was just bad timing not their fault they weren't even being obnoxious about it they were just being like so in love and cute and I was just talking on this podcast about how I love seeing people in love but there's very rare slices of time in which I don't that is the last thing I want to see and that was that for me but I guess it was just like the universe like testing me or whatever. And I was like, Jesus, take the wheel. I can't do this. I can't do this. But after we dropped, my friend and I um, cleaned up and he was very sweet and caring and we dropped shit off at my place because my brother and his girlfriend were sleeping in my bed and I was going to sleep on the couch, but I was like, can I please sleep in your bed? And he was like, yes. So we went back to his place and I slept and I slept in my contacts for like the second time. Dude, sleeping in your contacts is, I have daily lenses. Even still, it is not woof, you know? Woof. I've only done it a few times and ouch. But I'll tell you what I would rather sleep in the same pair of daily contact lenses, the same pair, six days in a row until my eyes are hurting so bad I can no longer close them than ever go to Great Jones Spa. Yep. You know what? I'll take that a step further. I'll go, I'll go, I'll get on. I'll get on the back on the seventh day, on the seventh day of the same contacts, I came and closed my eyes. I'll get on the back of a sexy man's motorcycle with a helmet that does not cover my eyes. And I'll tell him, hey, boo boo, hey, let's go down the FDR. Let's go up and down the FDR for eight hours. And I'll just have my eyes wide open. I'd rather do that than ever step foot in Great Jones Spa. Just in case you guys were still wondering how I felt about Great Jones Spa. I don't think you should go there because I think they ruin lives, even if it's semi permanent like temporary, not semi permanently I guess that also means temporary. I don't know. I don't know. I also don't know if I'm ever doing anything right. I always, one of the thoughts that has been floating around in my my cute little brain lately has been, am I doing it right? I, am I doing it right? It meaning everything, everything. I don't know. I'm I'm flailing in the wind. That's how it feels. You know, when I was a kid, I was thinking about this the other day. My mom wouldn't let me say the word fart. I had to say toot because she thought fart was a bad word. Ugh, it was so annoying. I got made fun of so bad. Because the first time I said it out loud in a classroom, I was like, oh, my God, you tooted. And they're like, what? I'm like, toot, toot, tooted. No, we're not saying that? Is that cool? You mean fart? Yes, you dumb cunt. You're five. Relax. God. I hate when kids are mean. I hate it. Another thing that I've been trying to do because, you know, we like, we do have the power to change our own mood. And lately my mood has been so all over the place. And I don't know why, but I'm like, am I pregnant? I haven't been having sex. So no. Am I pregnant with Jesus no Christina God I wish I was pregnant with Jesus and they'll be like guys get off my dick okay let the kid breathe yeah I wasn't allowed to say fart but another thing I've been doing to kind of uh, help my mood is is going periods of time without looking at my phone like purposeful periods of time and these are these long periods of time? Not really. I am uh, a prisoner to my phone. Even though that prison, it has a that prison cell has a door on it, and the door is wide open. But I stay in the prison cell. No one's there's not even any guards. The door is open, and there's a beautiful beach on the other side. But yet I stay in the prison cell. I stay in it. That sucks. So I've been trying to you know step back out on the beach ro stroll through a garden. So one of the things that I'm doing is whenever I take a cab ride, I take cabs a lot. I take cabs and ubers a lot. Cuz I'm always like, I'm going to give myself enough time to take the bus or the subway and do I ever do it? Nope. No, I don't. Cuz I'm busy looking at the wall, relax. <sighs> but uh yeah, I've been spending cab ride the times that I'm in a cab, which is pretty, you know, a lot. I, ju- I look out the fucking window because I live in New York City and there's so many cool things around me to look at. Bridges, for example, so many bridges. Homeless people picking their nose and, and taking a shit. I saw that the other day and I was like, wow, double task, baby, double task. And it's nice because I'm, I'm trying to keep track of or keep tabs on what do, what do I do throughout the day or what are the thoughts that float through my ba- brain that make me feel like shit? There's a, there's a lot of them guys guys there's a lot of them and one of the reasons I feel like I have this empty hole in my heart is because I don't I don't think I've ever had a healthy romantic relationship and that's okay it is because it is what it is you know if and I think like me going back to like an unhealthy pattern, that's just like, I guess I just got to learn this lesson. And I'm really trying to have to be vigilant and to be self-aware as much as I possibly can without making myself miserable, which I'm not succeeding at that so far, but we'll figure it out, you know? And, uh, and I've been trying to just be aware of all of these things that I think in my head, but one of them is like the healthy, the attachments. I found this book that I'm going to play at the end of this episode, um, that kind of nailed what I was pretty sure how I was in relationships or how I attach and it goes back to all the shit of like your first early influences your, your parents how they treated you it is so easy to fuck up a kid guys it's way too easy to fuck a kid up I mean truly and if you're sensitive like me oh my god you look at me the wrong way I'm like I should die right should I die I'm sorry for being here I'm sorry I, I mean god damn I didn't even have a chance no no one on this planet could have parented me perfectly. Well, because no one does that. But what I'm saying is, even if I got the things that I thought I needed out of a parent, and I got a lot of the shit I needed, but I didn't get some other shit, I just still would have been like sensitive Sally over here. Jesus Christ. I've been going on tangents, huh? Yeah, so don't, you know, take a second today and do something. Don't, if you usually take your phone, into the bathroom with you, I double dog dare you to leave that shit at your desk and take a shit and just look at the wall. Just see what pops up in your little head. Maybe a feeling that you need to feel or maybe a thing, maybe you'll remind yourself of something that'll make you giggle while you're pooping. Just whatever, whatever daily task that you normally incorporate your phone and you look at your phone during, which is probably a lot for a lot of us, just leave it, just leave it. Leave it. You're, it's it's going to be okay. And you'll find that, you know, you start, it's just, I don't know. It's made me feel better, and I'm pretty sure it'll make you feel better. Even if you feel great, you know, you fucking think you feel great until you leave your phone at your desk when you go to take a shit in your office, and you're like, wow, my, my cuticles are great. Well, i gotta, got to get a manicure. You know, you just look at your own tattoos or something. I look at your sneakers. Sometimes I look at my sneakers and I'm like, "Wow, like all the like I got like leather chucks, leather white leather Chuck Taylors, and the platform. That's a lot of layers for a Chuck Taylor." And the other day I was taking a shit, and I was lo- and I wasn't looking at my phone, and I was like, "Wow, you know, so th- these materials all came from various places. The shoelaces, I don't know how they were made, but they were made in a by someone somewhere." The rubber around the sole, that was made from another person. The white leather, even another one. Poor cow. I don't know if it's real leather. I think it is. Sorry. I'm not, you know what? Yeah, I'm sorry. But I still bought them. And I don't regret it. But yeah, I was just taking a shit looking at my shoes going, wow. A lot of people were involved in the creation of the shoe. And I really hope they were over the age of six. But I don't know. Again, could look it up on the internet. I don't really want to don't really want to but just do something where you don't look at your fucking phone okay it, it, it does your body good it's chicken soup for your fucking soul what else do I want to talk about oh wait I want to get this book I'm eyeing it I was looking for it uh two episodes ago or last episode and I couldn't find it but hold on one second I'm gonna talk them on to yourselves I'll be like right back it's like right in front of me okay chill okay Ooh, ow I haven't looked at this book in a while I don't know if this is interesting if you you will give a shit but it's this book my mom got it for me a while ago and it's called five where will you be five years from today and I yo I eat this shit up this kind of shit up now like journals with like prompts in them but I absolutely was addicted to journals with prompts in them when my whole life um and so I, I, this is what the first page said. This is your life, your one and only life. Over the next five years, what do you really want to do? What do you really want to have? What do you really want to be? Where do you really want to go? You're asking a lot of questions. There are no rules here. This is not a workbook. It's a playbook. Ooh. This is not a here's how book. It's a why not book. Good one. So be, so be daring and bold and be true to yourself. My mom gave this to me. Oh, oh, it was a Christmas gift. This is the note she wrote. Oh, Christmas 2008 <laughs> wasn't that long ago, I guess. Dearest Christina, my mom doesn't talk like this, but dear, de- <laughs> what voice do I want to use? I'll just use this voice. That's not at all like my mom. Dearest Christina, Merry Christmas, and we know 2009 will hold so much excitement and success for you. We are both so proud of you for all you have done to this point at this point and we know you will achieve anything you set your heart and mind to enjoy your journey and remember we are always with you in spirit cheering you on all our love mom and dad oh my god that was really nice that was really nice yeah so it's like where will you be five years from today and it's like decide like what your life is um okay what did i say my okay oh write a mission statement oh god this is probably gonna be embarrassing whatever and it's on one page, it's just like examples of famous people's mission statements. Walt Disney, my mission in life is to make people happy. But was it, is
0: he, was he anti-Semitic?
1: I don't know. Every time I bring up Walt Disney, someone's like, he hated Jews. I'm like, oh God, everyone hated Jews. It's not good, but just, you know, remove that. Um, Phil Knight, the founder of Nike, this is his mission statement. My mission is to bring inspiration and innovation to every athlete in the world. So you know, these are examples. And it's like, write your mission statement. And I wrote this on December 30th, 2008. Uh, So where was I? I had not graduated college yet. I graduated college in 2010. So I am a junior in college. My mission is to move people through my art slash soul of acting. Okay. I know what I meant. I want to use every inch of my emotional core to inspire people to do great things. Oh, that's kind of fun. I will earn my living from being one of the most profound actresses in the the world has ever seen. Hey, I'm high, baby. And with my great fortune, I will abundantly provide for my parents and future children. Oh, (laughs) and hey, you know what? Yesterday was the one year anniversary of me buying a house with my parents. That's really nice actually oh, See shit comes true You just gotta believe And write it down In a fucking journal Wow that was pretty That was pretty good Oh my god This is kind of funny Um, So here are like mini goals A goal is a dream Set to paper Don't just think it Ink it <laughs> That was corny as fuck So I wrote down All these other goals I want to land a role In a major network TV show Still do That one I'm still waiting on Smile as often as possible. <laughs> I want to maintain a maintain a healthy diet and toned body. Okay? Don't rush. That's I still gotta do that. I want to work out at least five times per week What the fuck I was obsessed with working out. I don't work out that often, but I like it. Land a role in a major feature film. But you know what? I made my own goddamn short film. Oh, I want, oh my God, I want to pay my dad back all the money I owe him. I owed him like $1,000 and I thought that that was like I'm just never going to recover. I want to remind my parents how much I love them as often as possible. Oh, my God. that's Honestly, that's a little nauseating because I wrote in my diary about how much I love my parents. I do love them, but it was like a little much. Like relax. Get some friends, Christina. Always say please and thank you. Oh, my God. I want to get an agent and or manager. Oh, I have both. See, dreams come true. You got to write down your goals. Write down your goals. Guys, write down your goals. Write down your goals. And remember to dream them. I want, okay, um, never lose sight of the strong, powerful woman that I am. Oh, I need to reread that. Carry my morals with me everywhere I go. Always be able to laugh and be awesome. God, I I wasn't yet a poet. I wasn't yet a poet. Oh, and I wrote, Oh, that's so cute! I had to make a drawing of something I dreamed about, and one of them was a, a contract with Gersh, the Gersh Gersh agency. They're a boutique talent agency. But you know what? Your girl was CAA, and they better <laughs> are they? I don't know, you know. But I'm trying to be here and have fun. <laughs> I rollerbladed for the first time in a very long time the other day, cause you know, global warming. Hey, remember when it used to be cold in February? <laughs> that was fun. That was I miss those days. You know, I wonder if I'll be telling my grandchildren, like when I was your age, it was forty degrees in February. Like, grandma, shut up. You're so fucking lame. It's like eighty eight now. Get over it. New,
0: new reality. That's not great. It's not great.
1: Whatever, I recycle and I use reusable bags. So fucking relax. Yeah, I rollerbladed and it. Wa- I I was so happy. That took me out of the funk. I was in this funk for a really long time. My brother and his girlfriend stayed with me for a couple of days and I, I, I was ultimately so glad that they did. I don't know her well, so it was weird to be like, you know, an emotional wreck in front of her. So I kind of, you know, sucked it up a little bit, which I need to learn to do perhaps a little more often. Because, man, when I live alone, living alone is such a – hashtag blessing but I also noticed that I can't I can't act the way I want to act when there's people here I do some foul shit by myself in my own apartment man let me tell you something if there were hidden cameras I would I'd probably kill myself if the footage got out it's not great I mean you know there's nothing too crazy but I just like I just say things I have conversations with myself all the time which that's not that embarrassing I think that's normal but I just do weird shit. I dance to no music sometimes. But I was in this. I was still in this funk, and then so rollerblading really took me out of it. Man, babes on blades, baby. I added some new songs to the babes on blades playlist, and uh, I think you'll like it. It's on Spotify. Just search Spotify for babes on blades. My username is Christina Hutch, um, and that that man, I fucking love the East River running path. It's so much fun. Uh, because you just get all of New York in this in these couple of miles I was just so fucking happy and giddy I was a little stoned too and that really was helpful and it was such a beautiful day I was wearing a fucking t-shirt in February rollerblading in leggings and a t-shirt with a little sweatshirt tied around my waist because I wanted to look 80s Err, and I did oh god it was gorgeous I just saw so many things. I saw what else, What did I see? I saw two little girls. Oh, they were by the river, and they were like in in burkas. They were like fully. They weren't. Their faces weren't covered, but they were wearing burkas and these beautiful like I don't know what the dress part of that is called, but it was it was really nice. And then they were taking selfies. They were probably they look like eight or nine, and they had the most beautiful smiles, and they were taking photos of themselves in front of the Brooklyn Bridge. And I was like, that's so nice. And then I saw an old guy pushing an old guy in a wheelchair. I was like, that's fun. And then I saw this Asian dude. Um, I don't, I don't think there's a lot of Asian people that, that fish. Uh, when I rollerblade, I see them that this certain part of uh certain like patch, this certain stretch. And it kind of like makes me want to fish. And I see, I always see them fishing and they, some of them have like fucking 10, fishing poles and i'm always so nervous that they're going to like go to cast the line and the hook's going to go into my knee because one time when i was 7 years old my parents they were obsessed with crabbing we crapped in the river real right trash shit and fucking one time my friend fucking swung his fishing pole back and the hook and i was already afraid that that was going to happen and then it fucking happened so every time i rollerblade past him i'm like oh god please i like cover my knees um but there was this, there was this guy with his little kid, and the little kid had a little kid fishing pole. And he was trying to he was teaching his kid how to fish and it was like so ugh. Oh, it was so sweet. It was just so sweet. What else did I see? Oh my god. You know what I fucking saw the other day? Let's get this shit. Get this shit. So in the this was actually the same day I went rollerblading. I was like, wow, that really helped. That really helped my mood. I feel like I gotta, that's why I love living in the city. There's just all kinds of people, every size, every color, every personality, every art form, every profession, every, everything just everything. And I really, that's, I feel like, I felt like I inhaled that while I was rollerblading and I really, that helped invigorate me. And then I took a walk through one of my favorite little neighborhoods in the city called, it's called Tudor City. And it it feels like you're on a movie set. It feels like you're in another world. Feels like you're in England, somewhere in England. And it's The most beautiful little stretch of town and it's separated from all the other places it's like elevated and i love going for walks in tudor city and i was going for a walk i was listening to this book that i'm about to play a chapter of called healing attachment wounds (laughs) we're okay and i was listening to this book and i was just walking through and it was such a beautiful night out and uh and then i was walking back and i wanted to walk back on first avenue past the the united nations i think that's such a beautiful building and and then I, I I was walking back, and there was this guy, this adult man, on a on a motorized scooter, one that you stand on that had a motor, they go like thirty miles an hour, and he was riding on the motor motorized scooter, no helmet, down the middle of First Avenue, and uh, th- you have to know New York to know this, but and I hope I'm describing this as well as I can. But there is a portion of some New York City roads that they just go underground. It's like an express little run it just goes underground for like four blocks so there's no traffic lights you just go zoop straight through there's one on Park Avenue and there's one on First Avenue by the United Nations you can opt to go like down the center of the road and it goes down through a little tunnel and it's just you know it's just an express way to get about the city if you don't have to make a left turn before the tunnel ends so this adult man is speeding down the road on his scooter as you do no helmet but okay With a fucking baby strapped to his chest. And the baby, did the baby have a helmet? No, this was like a new baby. This baby has not seen the world a lot. This baby was tiny. And I was looking at it like, wait, wait, is that right? I don't think that's right. And he went down in through the tunnel, which isn't, it's not a highway, but that's for cars, dude. That's for cars and buses and cabs. There's not even a sidewalk. There's not even a little shoulder in this tunnel. And I was like, that ain't right, man. I don't mean to be like a, can I speak to your manager about your parenting skills? But I feel like that's fucked up. The baby was strapped to the front of him and the baby was looking ahead. And I'm like, what does this baby think is happening? (laughs) Talk about insecure attachment. This baby, brand new human being that just popped out of somebody could not have been more than five months old i kid you not because i was looking at my song coming from a block away and i was like wait a second something's fucked up about that something's fucked up what's fucked up oh yeah it's the baby part it's the fact that he's a baby and then he went down and i was like please sir don't go into that tunnel that's like a 10 block stretch where cars go real fast and shit and there's no shoulder but he went right for that tunnel and i was like god damn what is that baby thinking can you imagine being that baby? <laughs> You're like, what the fuck? The ba- you know what, though? Baby looked calm. The baby was like, sick. This is sick. I, I mean, okay. Uh, and I just went about my day after that. I mean, what else are you can do? But uh, one of the things I did in Tudor City was there was a playground there and they had a swing set and oh, your girl swung on the swings. It was really nice. And I was listening to this book about how I'm wounded and I was swinging and it was really triggering, but in a good way. In a way I was like, processing your feelings, baby girl. But that guy with the kid on, that's fucked up, man. Like what? He should write down his goals. And one of them's got to be, you know, either get a car with a car seat or take an Uber. I mean, that is just just scooting Write down your goals, sir, and make them, don't put your baby in danger. That's just, that still blows my mind. I honestly, I was like, am I going insane? What the fuck is happening? And the answer is yes. What if this whole podcast this whole time was just my unraveling? I think it is, but we'll see. Okay, so I'm just gonna play a quick chapter. Healing... This is an audiobook. Well, you could get the actual book, too, if you like to read or whatever. healing your attachment wounds, how to create deep and lasting intimate relationships. because the depression that I felt after the birthday party that lasted a really long time that was kind of lifted from the rollerblading and then it went back down. and then and then it was kind of like all that walk in Tudor City was cool. And then, and then I saw that guy with the fucking scooter and the baby attached to him without no helmets, going fast down a highway, basically. And I was like, see, we're all doomed, okay? Talk about an attachment wound that might need healing. That fucking oh God, I just can't. But um I felt like one of the reasons that there feels like there's a hole in my heart is because I've never really done romantic relationships in a way that's the healthy um for me. Because um because I fail to make my needs known or my feelings known. Sometimes I don't even know what they are or how to articulate them or how to even get to them because there's so much bullshit. And I'm a people, but it's just it's a lot of things that I really want to work on. And so I, I, I think I just Googled like, books that'll make me have a good, healthy relationship because I love being in relationships. I really do. And I want one, another one, one day. I love love. I just love it. I function so well in a relationship and I'm very... When I'm dating, like officially dating somebody, I just become this really nice, relaxed, charming, beautiful version of myself that I really like. Um, and you know, ideally, you don't need another person to bring that out of you. But I just thrive in a relationship. I love, I love them. And uh, and so, the yeah, noticing like the patterns that I've been going through lately, I'm like, I feel like this book would be good. And it talks about two types of attachments, uh, multiple types. There's healthy attachment. And then there's, oh, what's the other one called? Let me look through my notes. Let me look through my notes because I wrote it down. Oh, avoidance, avoidance attachment. That's one of them. And the other kind of attachment is called, let me look at this. Let me look at this. I'm getting my notes. Give me a sec. Oh, ambivalent attachment. So this, this I'm going to play chapter 25. It's only 10 minutes. I might not do the whole thing. But um, chapter 25 of healing your attachment wounds by Diane Poole Heller. And I think she narrates this. I don't know. Whoever narrates it does a great job. I just love the voice. Um, but this is chapter 25 about ambivalent attachment. And if if the types of things I talk about they like resonate with you, and the feelings that I have resonate with you, I feel like this is going to resonate with you. And it might resonate with you because you've dated somebody like this. But I feel like if I were to date again, I would want whoever I'm dating to listen to this because I feel like it describes my 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 stuff okay ready okay
2: we've talked about secure attachment where children are growing up in safe enough environments with their families
0: that that they
2: learn how to express their need for connection learn how to ask for what they're wanting they learn also to create boundaries when they need to have a little space or they need to defend against something that doesn't feel right They've had this holding environment that allows them to develop all of these different relational capacities. And remember, this is embedded in their physiology.
1: Could you imagine if those things that she just listed were embedded in your fucking physiology? I mean, every day I'd be like Disney World. Minus the hate of the Jews.
2: It's not necessarily conscious. It's just something that they can draw on from their original healthy relational template. Then we talked a little bit about the avoidance scenario, where parents were either absent or negative or only focused on supporting their kids when they were actually learning tasks and functioning possibilities. And where there's more
1: like if you were left alone a lot as a kid, that's the one you
0: have
2: of a sense of danger of neglect. In fact, in avoiding attachment, the attachment system shuts down because there hasn't been enough responsiveness to it to keep those cues for connection alive and well. Get it tends to be an overactivation of the parasympathetic nervous system which takes us more towards lower energy, sometimes depression, and yeah. we're having to help a person upregulate to find their attachment system to allow it to come on again to
1: and I feel like most people I date, that the last couple like official relationships I've had have been that kind. Great combo. Great combo.
2: Feel safe enough for it to come on again. In this session, we're exploring ambivalent attachment. Mm. This is another type of adaptation that a child will make depending on the relational environment that they grew up in. Again, not conscious, embedded in the body. Really, this comes from procedural memory, which is how we interact with each other, action sequences between parent and child that are not declarative memory where we would have a story about it or a memory of exactly what happened, but it's embedded in our body memory and our emotional memory, which then surfaces later in our adult relationships.
0: Mm -hmm. As we
2: go through these different attachment styles, you might start thinking about certain ways they apply to you, how they might surface in your partner, your parents, your friends. So it's wonderful that you can start to apply your understanding to specific situations.
0: I agree, Diane. Remember,
2: you can have a mix of attachment styles. So just let yourself be open and playful and curious as we explore these different dynamics.
1: Yeah, be curious.
2: Like we did in Avoidant, I'd like to start with a few questions that might lead you to understanding a little bit more about where you might connect to your ambivalent orientation okay. or how you see that in other people. Do you find yourself yearning for something or someone that you feel you cannot have?
1: Oh, boy, do, do I.
2: Sometimes overfunction, overadapt, or overaccommodate to others. Maybe even apologizing for things you haven't done in an attempt to stabilize the connection. Yes. Because the fear of loss of it is so intense. Oh,
1: Diane, you get it.
2: Do you find yourself over-focusing on other people?
1: Absolutely. fucking maybe even
2: having a tendency to lose yourself in the relationship?
1: Oh, you know, I'd say so.
2: Is it sometimes difficult for you to say no? Always. Or set realistic boundaries? Yes, yes, especially yes. Especially with someone you're very close to. Uh-huh. Do you chronically second-guess yourself and sometimes wish you had said something differently Uh, and feel a little bit insecure about what just happened in a relationship dynamic? If I had a nickel. Do you often feel you give more than you get and then feel resentful and harbor a grudge later? Yep. Do you often find it difficult to receive love from a partner when they express it?
1: Honestly, I thought the answer initially was like, absolutely not. I love love, but yeah.
2: You're wanting it, but you're not quite sure what to do with it when you have it.
1: It's like a hot potato. Is it
2: difficult for you to be alone? Yeah. (laughs) If you are alone, do you find yourself feeling stressed, abandoned, hurt, or angry? Yes,
1: yes, yes, yes.
2: Do you feel the paradox of a deep longing to be close to your partner while simultaneously a paralyzing fear of losing the relationship?
1: Oh, boy. Yep.
2: Do you find yourself picking fights with your partner after absences? like waiting for their arrival when they come home from work or returning from a business trip. or
1: Honestly, that's one thing I don't do, and I was like, good for you, Christina.
2: Vacation. Do you often tend to merge or lose yourself and your partner and feel really accurately what they want and need, sometimes to the exclusion of your awareness to what you want or yes, need? Yes, I do! If you answered yes to many of these questions. All of
1: them except that one. You want. want
2: to take a look at the dynamics of ambivalent attachment as Ugh. it plays out in your life.
1: Yeah, no shit, Diane.
2: In avoidant attachment, people tend to feel a lot of stress when someone's approaching them because their earliest experiences of other people were either they weren't present or they were actually negative and hurtful, so that interaction was dissatisfying. So a part of them, even though they love the person that's coming towards them, feels they need to defend against it a bit. The opposite is true in ambivalent attachment. Uh-huh. In ambivalent attachment, there's much more stress when a partner or a person we're connected to separates from us.
1: you goddamn right, Diane.
2: Maybe even turning away to go out the door to oh, go to work. It's the worst. So we feel a lot more ups.
1: Or just when they look away
2: that when we're alone or by ourselves uh-huh. and not in close proximity to the people important <sighs> to us.
1: Oh, oh, Diane.
2: I have an example of that. I oh, had a friend my life? who confided in me that after she'd had this really beautiful, intimate time with her boyfriend they and they fog. were getting ready to go to sleep, they had all this closeness and cuddling and then... As he would roll off into sleep and turn away from her, she would experience this tremendous anxiety and upset about being abandoned, even though he was lying He's right, right next
1: to her. Yeah, I know. It's hard.
2: Up until about 18 months, we don't really have a sense of object constancy. Yo, this shit What fuck that me actually up. means is when you're that young and your mother walks out of the room into the kitchen and away from you, you don't have any sense that she's going to come back. It feels like that's it. They're gone. But as we develop object constancy, we are able to create sort of an image or a feeling of mother, even when she goes into the kitchen or out into another space, and we know that she will eventually come back. This, of course, reduces anxiety a lot. The other thing we develop around that time is object permanence. Oh, this that shit kill me. That means when mom comes back, that she's relatively the same person as the woman that walked out into the kitchen.
1: That. Hearing that, I was on the swings. And I was like, oh, God, mommy wasn't the same. When she came back into the kitchen, I didn't know which one I was going to get. Oh, no shit, Diane.
2: And we start to develop a sense of continuity of our primary attachment figures over time so that we're not left hanging with who is this person and what are they going to do that's unpredictable or unreliable. Ugh. One way we can understand ambivalent attachment is there seems to be a disruption in object permanence and object constancy. Partly that's because the way the parenting environment sets up is there's this sort of on-again, off-again parenting and responsiveness so there isn't a feeling of consistency or reliability and this of course creates a lot of anxiety because the child never knows if their needs going to be met or it'll be met one time but not the other time Mm -hmm. or maybe it's met three times in a row but not the fourth time so there's a sense of internal experience of i just don't know if i'm going to get enough love or if it's going to be consistent there is love maybe even very high-quality love. And that's true. But it's the inconsistency and unpredictability that causes so much internalized anxiety Uh for the child. There seems to be an understanding that parents that enter into interactions with their children this way have a lot of unresolved attachment injury themselves, possibly in a similar ambivalent attachment disruption style.
1: Like when my mom was two years old and her mother tried to kill her.
2: From their own histories that hasn't been resolved yet. So even in trying to that? parent their young children, the attachment situation itself might trigger some of their wounds that haven't been resolved yet.
1: Okay, that's all I want to play for you. But if you wanna if you're more interested in this book and hearing more, it's called Healing Your Attachment Wounds, uh How to Create Deep and Lasting Intimate Relationships by Diane Poole Heller. I gotta I think I'm gonna call this episode No Shit, Diane. Because that's what I kept saying out loud by myself while I was walking alone in Tudor City listening to this goddamn book. It really, it spoke to me. Um, so yeah, if you want to look at that, like look at that. Thanks for being here, guys. Go back to your spreadsheets, or your treadmill, or your car ride, or your children. Don't kill yourself. I'll talk to you next week.